0: OK, so I want to address something. And, uh, you know, the, the reformers, the Calvinists, uh, the people who listen to Calvin, John Calvin's uh, assessment of the scripture, they make an egregious error at the end of their five points, right? The tulip. Well, the final tulip is, uh, you know, once saved, always saved. They call it Perseverance of the Saints, which was a title given to, the, to this part of it. And the whole thing, well, there's a few points that are close, and one point I think is dead on, but the rest of them are lost. And and that last one, once saved, always saved, is so inconsistent with the narrative of Scripture. Let's just work through it really quickly. For starters, when Jesus spoke, uh, like he prayed, you know, Father, you have given these into my hand, and none will snatch them away, and stuff. Usually when we read those passages, Jesus is talking to his apostles, his chosen apostles that God had given him. I don't think I could be wrong, but I don't think we find many places where those words are spoken to the general congregation Uh, there could be some because they were a very elect people they would compose uh, uh, the bride that jesus was coming back to take so it's possible but generally speaking when jesus talked about the father giving him uh, uh people they were the apostles secondly when paul talks about god predestining in ephesians 1 and and, and in different places, when he talks about that, Romans 9, he is talking about the nation of Israel. He's talking about the Jews and how God elected them through a lineage and a line to do what they would do in bringing forth the oracles and the living Messiah. And so we have to take that election, that choosing that they didn't fall from in hand. And then we must take passages that were of Scripture that were written to them then, the believers of that day, not believers today, but believers in that day, to see that they had to perform as believers in order to be saved. If you read Revelation chapter 2 and 3, Jesus comes back and he talks to the seven churches and he says, I'm not going to redeem you to several of them, if you don't change, you know. So once saved, always saved, even for believers in that day was subject to their enduring to the end and remaining uh, pure and holy and without spot, according to Ephesians 5. So in those three instances where Calvinists will pull the passages from to use All of them show in context that the notion of once saved, always saved is not true. But when it comes to passages that are obviously speaking to individuals and to principles which people were saved from the great and dreadful day and saved to the kingdom, um, the doctrine of once saved, always saved is an absolute contextual lie. It's one of the most pernicious beliefs that, that believers have. They have the Jesus experience. They go forward and give their life to Jesus and the evangelical promoters of such say, we had a salvation, ding, 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 and everyone cheers, right? You hear pastors at churches saying, we've had 27 salvation moments at that concert that we held and they think that's it, but that is just not the way the scripture describes how to walk in the faith it describes something very differently in john 9:31 the man born blind is healed by jesus on the sabbath day and the Jews, uh, jewish leaders of his day want to kill him for that and they question this man born blind and he's not a scriptorian but he says we know that god does not listen to sinners but if anyone is a worshiper of God, if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Now, that could be a, a, a errant uh, summary by the man born blind and healed. But it is something that's included here. And that's what he says to these Jews. The interesting thing about the passage is, is the Greek relative to the line and does his will. uh is in the present active subjunctive of poeo. And what that means is if anyone continues to do his will, and that's the operative statement of of the scripture. If someone continues to do his will, if they don't do his will, that means they stop believing on him. Because his will is to believe on the Son. His his will is to walk by faith. It's impossible to please him but by faith. So if you stop having faith, you're stopping to continue to do his will. You're not saved. Now, the Calvinist view would be like, well, they weren't saved in the beginning. I don't think that's really true. I don't think that's true at all. They were saved as much as the thief on the cross was saved. They, They had a belief moment. All right. And so that 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 plays so much into context and understanding what the will of God is for those who choose to believe. Can someone believe first and then not continue to do his will? Well, I mean, look at scripture. The parable of the sower is based on four types of ground. The first ground they they didn't believe at all. Satan took away the seed there. But the second and third ground, the the word of God was received joyously by those people, but they didn't take root and or they didn't spring upward and bear fruit because the cares and riches of the word uh, of the world or um, or they were uh, offended by the word's sake and it caused them to not bear fruit and they they die they die there and they don't continue to do the will of god you see so while sal- the salvation moment begins with belief not works belief it continues forward and the end result is those who abide in faith produce fruit they produce fruit The idea of once saved, once believing, always believing is not true because we have the word planted and yet those seeds do not produce the fruit that God wants. But if you really want to take it uh, more uh, clearly through the scripture, look at John 15 where Jesus says to believers, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So the imagery is about abiding in. That means clinging to, having faith in Christ. This illustration Jesus gives is he is a strong vine. I'll just use my arm, right? And the branches that come off that are alive, They have believed on Jesus. They're tapped into him. They spring forward from him. So it's a pre-existing condition that they believed, that they have been, quote unquote, saved by faith through God's grace, okay? But Jesus goes on. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides continues to abide in me, and I in him, is he, she, that bears much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing that shows you the need to continue in the faith to continue to abide he says if a man does not abide in me he is cast forth as a branch and withers so we have him the vine and we have the branches coming forward let's just do it like that right And if you don't bear fruit, you are cut off and cast forward. What's cut off? A branch. Where did the branch come from? It was in Christ. It once believed. It was there. It had matured from a tenderling to a branch. It's strong enough. But it doesn't abide anymore. It doesn't bear fruit. It's cut off and burned. Showing that you can be tapped into Christ. But if you don't bear fruit, you will be cut off and cast away and burned. And that's the imagery behind it, right? So if a branch that has abided in Jesus and is strong enough to bear fruit but doesn't, that shows you that belief in Jesus and abiding in him is temporary. That maturity is required for somebody to be able to bear fruit. And that maturity means they continually abide in the vine. The sin of the world is unbelief. The sin of the world is faithlessness. Many, many people have believed on Jesus. They've believed on him. They had the Jesus experience. They were born from the spirit. They were. It was miraculous. And they become like the seed cast on stony or thorny ground, and they're cut off. They stop abiding. That's why we read in John chapter 8, it says, Jesus is teaching to the Jews. Many don't care. They don't believe. They reject him. But it says at verse 30, but many of the Jews believed on him. Okay? There's the entryway. That's the beginning. Now, if it was their belief on him was enough, then Jesus would do what the evangelicals do. And they say, rejoice, rejoice, it's enough. We've had a salvation experience. We've had 20, we've had 100, right? But it says, and many believed on him. And then we read, and Jesus says to the Jews who believed on him, there's the entryway belief, if you continue in my word, You are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But it's predicated on that if word. If you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples, is what he says. Not just a disciple that believed because someone preached a good message, or had the Holy Spirit touch them and move them to belief. The the thinking is you have to continue in his word that's why he says if you do not and many believed on him and he said to the Jews that believed on him now you will continue in my word that would be once saved always saved doctrine but he doesn't say that because that's not what it is folks we believe we're willing to do we desire to do the will of God we step forward in faith we pronounce this belief and like the thief on the cross we are saved to the kingdom but Jesus says, there's a reason for that coming to faith. It's so that you are now tapped into the vine and I can proceed in and through you and you will be a branch and I will be a vine and you will produce fruit. And if you don't, you will be cut off and burned, detached from the vine. How do you detach from a vine that you were uh, integrated into by faith? By walking from faith. So we seek to increase our faith. And how does that happen? It happens by continuing in his word. It's why I get so angry and got so angry at the churches in the state of Utah when I visited them nearly 10 years ago or 10 years ago. And I found that all the Mormons that were coming out of the faith were coming out of Mormonism and they were being fed nothing but cotton candy by the pastors of this valley. They weren't helping those believers be equipped and to continue in Jesus' word. Instead, they were just feeding on them, fleecing them instead of caring for the flock. Churches, pastors, people in the faith must feed the flock the word. Because Jesus said, yeah, you believe if you continue in my word you're my disciples indeed and then you will know the truth and then the truth will set you free that's the process the idea of once saved always saved is pernicious and i think that it's going to amount to a number of people taking their last breath believing that they have really lived the christian life because they made a profession of faith when in reality Maybe God will say thumbs up to that in terms of their entering the kingdom, but the rewards will be limited because they didn't sow to the spirit. And we can only sow to the spirit as we continue in his word, become disciples indeed, know the truth, and are set free. I hope this message helps you today. We love you. See you next week.